This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. MC Light hosts I Am Woman, a celebration of women in hip-hop, this Friday night at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. I spoke to the hip-hop legend about her trailblazing career, growing up in Brooklyn to become the first solo female rapper to release a full album on a major record label. How are you? MC Light. Hey, this is an honor. Thanks so much for joining us on uh, WTOP here in D.C. Yeah, you got it. No problem. On the top. I'm here. On the top. <laughs> well, you're on the top of the hip hop world. I mean, you are a, a legend of the genre. So, I mean, it's it's we're speaking to, you know, royal rap royalty. This is fantastic. <laughs> um, oh. So we're talking because um, you are uh, bringing a special show to the Kennedy Center. It's called I Am Woman, a celebration of women in hip hop. It'll be Friday, April 15th at 8 p.m. Uh, before we get to this specific show itself, remind our listeners of y- your role. You have a really cool, fancy new role at the hip at the Kennedy Center, right? Oh, well, I'm just one of the people that kind of chimes in from here, <laughs> here <laughs> and there when, you know, when there's decisions that have anything to do with hip hop, you know, serving as somewhat of an ambassador among many is, is quite a few of us, but I'm happy to be on the board. Um, and yeah, you were talking about I Am Woman, a celebration of women in hip hop. It is uh, necessary and overdue. And I am so glad that the Kennedy Center for their 50th anniversary decided to choose me to help curate a wonderful night where we get to um, shower love and attention on those MCs who rarely get the spotlight in a space like the Kennedy Center. Fantastic. And I want to go into, uh, you know, some of the the artists that are that you're going to shine a spotlight on. How how is it actually set up are, are you actually going to be on stage sort of you know hosting or, or doing the segues in between introducing each of the artists or, or what's your role in the show yeah i'm definitely hosting so i'll be hosting the entire evening and i'm looking forward to it because i will be immersed in a night of live performance and uh, i host things from time to time host events so this is just um to me, I'm going to have as much fun as the audience, honestly. <laughs> MC will be being the MC. It's going to be great. Yes. <laughs> the now, MC will MC. MC will MC. Now, uh, I would love to go into some of the artists. I mean, I don't know how deep you can talk on each one, but I'd love to hear as much as possible out of each of them if you could. I mean, uh, sure well, thing. Uh, sure tell, thing. Me, tell me about Debrat. Well, Debrat is has been a friend of mine since we met through So So Deaf. We met through uh, Jermaine Dupree while I was out on tour with Crisscross, 
And so we've stayed in contact and we've actually recorded a couple of things together throughout time. But when it came time to put this show together, sitting with the Kennedy Center and making the decision as to who was going to be uh, in the first allotment of performances this year, definitely Brat's name came up and you know I gave her a call, which by the way, most of the women on this bill I am friends with or have contact with or um, you know talk to from time to time. And, and some of them I talk to more often than others, but the truth is I can call any of them up and say, hey, we're headed to the Kennedy Center, let's go. And that's what happened with the brat. And of course, she's got some really popular songs that I think people are going to want to hear. Never performed at the Kennedy Center before, so this is going to be a fresh look. Uh, same thing with Remy. Remy serves on our Hip Hop Sisters Foundation board. And so we talk often and it was just like, hey, I need you here um, because you've never done this venue before. And I think we want to bring in, you know, some of the best in hip hop and show the Kennedy Center audience a really great time. And, uh, and, and you know what, not too long ago, I did a lineup like this for Essence uh, Festival in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And so Trina was on that bill. So it seemed uh, natural when her name showed up on the list uh, with Kennedy Center that we could make that a dream come true. Let's get Trina, you know, and some of the women, we totally understand that it's only a bill like this that would give way to them performing at the Kennedy Center. So I'm just happy to be a part of them also creating history for themselves and their brand and their fans. Fantastic. And it's a great platform. And I'm sure they're very grateful that you're, you're doing it. Um, well, we mentioned DeBrat, we mentioned Trina, we mentioned Remy Ma. Who else we have? Oh, goodness. Well, we've got Tierra Wack from out of Philadelphia, who is probably our newbie on the on the show on the lineup she's been out for a while and making a lot of noise uh, she's with Interscope Records and we are blessed to have her and um, she represents our new school so we're lucky uh, to have her on with us and then of course we have Mumu Fresh who's been at the Kennedy Center more times than any of us can count um, on her own as well as Black Girls Rock and so I know the Kennedy Center audience loves her. And she's also a singer. So uh, that, you know, is a double, a double threat uh, with rapping and singing, Mumu Fresh. And then we have Mama Soul out of Flint, Michigan, who is a definite beacon of light in her community and what it is that she's been able to do for uh, for the state of Michigan with her presence and her content and her social awareness and her community activism, I, I definitely wanted Mama Soul to join us on this bill. And then of course we have Yo-Yo and Moni Love. Now Yo-Yo and I used to be on the same record label. She's out here on the West Coast. She's the West Coast diva. And she and I have a deep sisterhood 
And so, of course, I wanted to have Yo-Yo and Moni Love and I used to attend the same high school, George W. Wingate in Brooklyn. And yet she is from London. She still served her time in on the streets of New York and is a, uh, a Brooklynite, uh, having served time in Brooklyn and attended George W. Wingate. So I wanted to have Moni too to represent. And then we've got poetry, we've got dance, you know, we've got quite a few elements of hip hop to celebrate that night. It sounds fantastic and a great variety of artists. Now you mentioned, you know, growing up in, in Brooklyn, uh, you know, in, in the seventies, I want to, I want to know about your backstory a little more. I mean, I, I know it's well-documented, but for our listeners, remind them, you know, what it was like growing up in, in New York, in around New York, Brooklyn in the seventies and you know, how, how you got into this whole rap game to begin with. Yeah, totally. Well, uh, first off, thank you for having me on. Um, it's a, it's a pleasure to talk with you today. And, you know, if I were to take you back to the days of the 70s in Brooklyn, I don't know that there'd be much hip hop. Um, I got my dose of hip hop whenever I went to Spanish Harlem where my grandmother lived. And that's where I heard the Treacherous Three and Curtis Blow and um, Africa Bambata and the Funky Four Plus One More, which involved Shah Rock, who was the first female MC I ever heard rock the microphone. Mm. And it wasn't until later, like once we get into the late 70s, where we have the Sugar Hill Gang, which was on mainstream radio. So that's when it kind of filtrated into Brooklyn. Um, not unless, of course, you had a tape of some sort that you were able to garner from uptown, from the Bronx or Harlem, and you were able to take that tape into Queens or into Brooklyn. Uh, and that, and so that at that point, then I began to hear the Lottie Dotties, you know, Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh and Salt and Pepper had a song called Showstoppers that I heard, um, and Eric B and Rakim. And, you know, I got to hear a lot of those in the early 80s with Run DMC and so on and so forth. So growing up in Brooklyn in the 70s was more about reggae. Gotcha. Honestly. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So those are those are the artists that you start seeing, you know, just starting to bubble up and, and you know, this works. And what's really cool for listeners, I mean, this is the ground floor of, of this genre that is now a worldwide phenomenon, like arguably the, the most successful. But we're talking the very roots of it. And so you're talking about these artists that you're that you're seeing around town and getting inspired by. So then what how does it work for you? Do, do you go do you go to these shows and then you come home to, you know, do you have like a little notepad, pen and a pad like in your own bedroom or or, you know, riding a bus across? town or you know what I mean or are you right I want to know no. about how you start crafting those first lyrics and say I think I can make a go of this as a rapper myself yeah well we were in the 70s we you know once we knew of hip-hop uh I remember being in uh what grade was I in um I think I might have been like in the seventh grade where we would start banging on the desks <laughs> and, you know, banging on the lunchroom table and we'd all have our rhymes. We, we'd actually write them ahead of time. So everybody knew what the other one was going to say. Okay. And then, you know, everybody, you know what you're saying? Okay, great. Let's go. Boom, boom, bap, 
boom, boom, bat. And then everybody would say their rhyme, you know, and everybody would clap and, you know, support one another. It wasn't a lot of battling that was happening at that time. We were all part of the same crew. And, um, and it wasn't until I heard Salt and Pepper that I discovered I really wanted to go after it in a real kind of way. And so, yes, I had a composition book and I'd write rhymes and poetry and a bunch of stuff in those books. And it wasn't until um, a, one of the guys that I rhymed with in school, uh, Eric Cole was his name. He called me up and said that there was a label that he had just signed to and they were looking for a female MC. And did I want to go check them out? And I was like, yeah, and we got on the Staten Island Ferry and went over to Staten Island. And, and I auditioned, which I didn't really call it an audition at the time. But now that I look back, that's definitely what it was. <laughs> uh, got there, was about nine or ten guys in a basement. And as soon as I got down there, they were like, OK, rhyme. <laughs> and I opened up my rhyme book and um, Milk D, producer and rapper and writer Milk D, he came up with a track right there on the spot for one of the rhymes that I read out of my book, which was, which was I crammed to, cram to understand you. Wow. And what was the label? I want to know how, how you get signed for that first Light is a Rock album, because that thing, yeah. I, I believe, was that was it the first, you were the first solo female rapper to release a full album with that? Yeah, with a major record label, yes. Right, right. And so um, Milk and Giz and Nat Robinson had a record label called Priority. But then there was also another priority that Brian Turner out on the West Coast had. And I guess his was established before ours. And so we had to change our name to first priority. And then they did a major deal with Atlantic Records. Gotcha. Well, tell me about creating Land is a Rock then, uh, both the album well, and the song too, because the name of this show, I Am Woman at Kennedy Center, there, that was a track on there as well. But just remember, and Paper Thin, of course, Paper Thin was huge. Um, just tell me, take me into the creation of that album itself. Well, honestly, that entire album was basically written in my composition book that I had had for many years. So none of it was new except, um, and you got to forgive me because sometimes I forget what was on Light as a Rock versus Eyes on This. Sure. So sure. Light as a Rock was 10% diss, I crammed to understand you, MC Light like swinging, Light versus Vanna White, I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar. Uh, Paper, did I say paper thin? Uh, no, but now paper you did. <laughs> yeah, paper thin. Yeah, all of that was pretty much in my rhyme book already. Wow. That's so cool that, I mean, it just, your rhymes you're writing in the composition book is suddenly an album. And then after that, you do Eyes on This and arguably your most famous track, which was uh, Cha Cha Cha. Uh, tell our listeners when the idea for Cha 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 came to you. Well, honestly, uh, King of Chill, one of the producers, he actually produced Paper Thin. He wrote and produced Cha Cha Cha. It's probably one of the very few songs um, that someone else wrote 
for my in my career. Mm-hmm. He wrote Cha 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 and he wrote the rhyme for Dr. Soul because I, I didn't really I didn't understand the the track for Dr. Soul because <laughs> it wasn't hip hop to me. And so everybody wanted me to do it Foster McElroy. And that was actually the first record in Vogue showed up on doing the background vocals for uh, the song called Dr. Soul. And so I said to my manager, if somebody else writes it, I'll do it, but I, I can't catch a rhythm on this thing at all. And so King of Chill wound up writing the rhymes to that too. So he came up with Cha 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 and I, I, I thought it was corny. I was like, to this Mardi Gras, what the hell? <laughs> and then it and he was saying stuff in a really kind of awkward way you know well 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 I'll be damned might as well tell you who I am it just was weird for me <laughs> um and so I'm, I'm glad I did it though you know many artists are faced with having to make choices about music that they will do and whether they want to say someone else's lyrics or whether they can do something that's not really reflective of who they are or or they can even do something that they don't really love but because they understand that someone else may have a vision and an ear for a hit record they'll go along with it and I'm glad that I chose to go along with it I, we all are I think it, <laughs> I think <laughs> cha 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 I mean whenever they do what was it VH1 it ranked it one of its uh, 100 greatest hip hop song whenever they do a list I feel yeah. like that one will always pop up on there but I mean you, you could pick m- multiple of yours it's it's funny but what, what do you think what do you feel when you see stuff like that when you see your work ranked as you know the, some of the best of all time when you see those lists compiled I go what does that make you feel proud or 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 is there ever ones where you're like you know what they picked the wrong song <laughs> Oh, goodness, that's funny. No, you know what? I think what's so weird about it is when I see a song on one of those top rank hip hop lists, I go, yeah, it's I I get riled up when I see nothing. When I go, what? How did I not make the list at all? I don't really care what song makes it. It's just as long when as you're represented. Not, yeah. yeah, when it's not there is when I notice. It's like, oh, wait a second, what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we got it's it's exactly. I feel like those lists they need to represent all of the major, you know, fundamentals, the the creators of this genre. If they're not on there, then it makes you turn your head a little bit. Um yeah. well cool. <laughs> um I, I know we'd be here all day if we talked about all of your all of your songs, but tell me about Roughneck, because I think that was the first one that got you nominated the Grammys, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Roughneck, uh, I went down to Virginia. I was actually finished the album and uh Merle and Bob, who was my AR ex- executive he would often let me just go create. And then at the last, the last uh, hurrah, he would send me to what we deem as a quote unquote super producer. And so um, that's exactly what happened when I went down with Teddy Riley at the Future Recording Studio in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And uh, when I walked in, they already had the track up. So they already knew that they wanted me to rhyme to that track. And so I caught a vibe with um, 
with one of the gentlemen there, Akil Davidson. He was one uh, part of Rex and Effect. Yeah. And he and I, you know, we talked and he's like, okay, what do you want to talk about? I was like, well, you know what? When I think of uh, Apache doing Gangsta Bitch, I want to be able to do something for the guys in my neighborhood. And I live amongst all Caribbean folks, Jamaicans, Haitians, Bayesians, Barbadians, Trinidadians. I mean, you name it. Um, I'm, I'm there in the midst of them and they call themselves roughnecks. And right there, the idea was born. And we just, um, we just thought of how to illustrate uh, vividly through words, the experience of one of these guys that are that live in Brooklyn. Wow, that's a thanks yeah. for taking me into that backstory, and you know, and and the Rex and Effect tie in there. That's super cool. Uh, well, maybe time for one more. I know you were nominated again for Grammys for Ride with Me. That was off of uh, what album was that? The Underground Heat Volume One. And so now we're now we're in the new. Now you're proving that you can. Not only could you do it in the '80s and the '90s, and now you're doing it in the new millennium here because this was out in what 2003. Um, gosh, tons of people on that. But Jamie Foxx and Queen Latifah. <laughs> so many people were on that album. But um, just tell me, take me into Ride with Me and how that was created. Well, um, Ride With Me came at a time where, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we decided, uh, my manager at the time, we decided we were going to put out a record of our own. And we had major distribution uh, with BMG. And we signed with a, a partnership with a label called iMusic at the time with Mark Geiger, who is actually like, the head of performance over at uh, WME now. But um, for a minute, he had a record label. And we put this record together and Ride With Me was exciting. We did it with a production company called Mad Funk. We did the entire album with them. And we had quite a few, like you said, uh, guest appearances. But Ride With Me, we did a video for it. A lot of folks showed up. Uh, to support MC Light for the video, which I thought was dope. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately for us, the guy who was in charge of all the promotion, um, he passed of throat cancer literally two days before the record came out. No, no. So none of us had any idea that he was actually suffering. Um, but Tower Records was still in effect and I went it was like all these records all these CDs sitting there with MC Light's name but no one to actively move them it was um it was exciting to release it but but disappointing with the turnout um however we still prevailed I think we were nominated uh for a couple of uh award shows that year well very very cool well it, it all adds up you know you get the bet hip-hop uh, lifetime achievement award you get uh, you know you're one of the legends of the genre um 
What what advice would you have for you know maybe another you know up and coming rapper um you know someone else to grown up you know in Brooklyn where you grew up or or anywhere really to be honest at this point or or DC if they're coming to the show what advice would you have um for someone else that, you know today a kid today how to make inroads in 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 the genre you know what is so interesting because information was a mystery when I grew up in this business. And now there's information everywhere. It doesn't mean all of the information is correct. Uh, so you, ju- you have to use your, your better judgment, your gut, and you have to compare uh, information that's given to you and fact check. But there's so much online to give you what it is that you need to be an informed artist and to really have an understanding at it that it's all a business. Yes, we are artist you're meant to entertain but there's also a business that has to stand up behind you you know if not it's like you're walking through a set where the fascia of the building is there but when you walk through the door it's nothing it's cardboard it's like the Truman show so you gotta (laughs) be you gotta like really study what's happening behind the scene so that you can really stand tall as an artist and have a structure behind you that can't easily falter. So, and what I mean by that information is you can find out about master uh, sync uses, uh, uh, licensing, you can find out about, you know, uh, royalties, publishing, and how it breaks down and all the performance companies that you can be involved with. You know, like it really teaches you the business side of music. And I think that's what every artist should have in their repertoire or in their toolbox is some information that's going to be useful for them. Awesome. Well, you've—it's you, funny you mentioned the Truman Show. That sparked a, just a fun question. What? What did do you have a favorite movie over the years? What? What? What is? I love to hear when you know musicians talk about another medium. So, what? What's MC Light's go-to movie? Mm. <laughs> or several, My, if you can't narrow. Right, right. I think one of them used to be You Got Mail. Right. I love. I love that movie. And when Harry, uh, when Harry met Sally. Nor Efron, both of them. You know, I lo- right. I love the music. I love that it was New York City. I love that it touched Christmas. So it had a little bit of a holiday, something in there. It spanned over time. So it gave us different looks and fashion and hairstyles and nomenclature. Um, and then a comedy I love coming to America. I could watch it anytime. It's, uh, Eddie, Eddie Murphy did and Arsenio Hall did such a fantastic job with all of the characters that they played. But yeah, those I mean, are three good ones. You can't go wrong with those. <laughs> yeah, and then you got you could always add the Godfather in there. Of course, and yeah, you, for a drama, that's probably the yeah for a drama or the Sopranos for a series. Yeah, you love the New York ones. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. I love it. Well, you've been more than more than generous with your time. 
um uh, again everyone it's called mc light i am woman a celebration of women in hip-hop it's gonna be friday april 15th this friday so get your tickets now uh, on the kennedy center's website um before we run in closing final seconds um when all of when your history is written when you know decades decades from now when the obituary is written hopefully a long time from now but you know what what do you want your legacy to be you know when people look back on on mc light's career you know compared to all the other hip-hop artists you know what do you want to be remembered as a trailblazer what do you want to be remembered as well definitely a trailblazer that uh, spoke truth to power and gave back awesome well you're giving back at the kennedy center at this show um all these artists all these artists lucky to share the stage with you now will you be performing as well or are you just more of the host i will be performing so uh exactly what i'm not gonna say because it'll be a little bit of a surprise but also what i wanted to say when when i say give back um we have a foundation it's called hip-hop sisters we've given away uh, a million dollars in scholarships over the last 10 years to young kids looking to further their education right now our partnership is with dillard university and we're pushing out some scholars so giving back is extremely important to me and also being able to entertain the people which will happen friday april 15th 8 p.m and prior to that though we do have beats brains and business which is a panel but i think it's sold out and that's oh that's gonna be at the kennedy center as well that's going to be at the Kennedy Center in the afternoon. We're talking to young, aspiring uh, artists, managers, producers about what you need to know going into this world of entertainment. Beats, brains, and business panel. And then the show is afterwards at 8 o'clock. Yes, All right, cool. Yes. Well, it sounds Thank like you. a fun-filled day on Friday. I'm so, are you kidding me? Thank you. You're the legend. You're doing us the favors. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. This is great. You got it. All right. Take care. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.